Well, God bless each one of you this evening, richly. It's a joy to be here. And uh, as a church, I believe you've probably been praying about this evening, looking forward to it. And uh, I don't know what feelings you're coming with, maybe anticipation, maybe some uneasy feelings. We don't know who will be in the lot this evening, but we're praying that God's will would be done. Tonight's a sacred time, a time when a man and his family, at the beginning of the call to focus on the work of the church, So I remember ordinations as a child, they were interesting, and the older I got, the more, uh, I mean, uh, they brought a sense of nervousness. I should have um, embraced God's will in the matter early in my marriage life. My wife told me that people had told her that she would marry, she would make a, a good preacher's wife, and I should have caught on, but I thought, well, maybe I'll die an early death and she'll remarry. But here I am today, and uh, <clears throat> it's been a real blessing to be a preacher, to be a deacon, and the call of God is not without its hard times, but it's with its rewards also. A few years ago, on a Sunday morning, I was taking a walk. I, I try to take a walk alone on a Sunday morning and just have some quiet time with God before uh, getting the family together and going to church. So walking through the woods, and I had my cell phone on me, and it rang, and it was a friend of mine, an Amish friend, and he said, Marcus, um, I need to call somebody, but we're having an ordination today, and I have this feeling that I'm going to be in the lot, and I'm going to be chosen. He said, I have a strong feeling, and so we talked for a bit, and I told him I'd be praying for him. I didn't hear what happened until Monday morning. He called me, and he said... "Um, I got ordained yesterday. And he wasn't quite sure how to feel. He, he felt the call of God, but yet was struggling to know what, what to do and how to feel about the situation. And so I listened for a while. We chatted for a bit, and I said, you know, I just need to tell you congratulations. God has called you to a work. And I think you need to feel okay about that, feel good about that. Maybe God has a different work for you tonight than what you're involved in currently. And I know it might look overwhelming to be in the lot to be ordained, but it's okay. And God, there's so many blessings in it. So how do you discern, discern the will of God in a matter? We, we ask what God's will is so many times, don't we? we? We want to know. We ask God. Sometimes God speaks through people. It would be nice if he would write it out for us, spell it out, uh, have someone just let us know. Or if he would just tell us, that would be nice. We could relax and go about our day. But yet, God does not just say it. Maybe we feel he lays it on our hearts. Maybe he gives us a dream. But yet we seek the will of God, and sometimes God is silent. So the sermon is not only for those who will be in the lot, but those who will not be in the lot. It's for each one of us. 
Sometimes we're pretty sure of the call that God has on our life, and so we go through life confidently, and then all of a sudden, God calls us another direction. When, when uh, If you call someone up and offer them employment or a job, people will hear you out, right? They listen to you. They have some questions, maybe. What are the hours? What does the job require? And what does it pay? It's not that big of a deal. People are, are very quick to, to hear about it. Because <clears throat> after all, you're planning to work somewhere any, anyways, aren't you? You're going to have a job somewhere and get paid somehow. You need to make a living. However, when you ask people to come and serve the Lord somewhere, it takes on a whole new dimension, doesn't it? Or maybe you've been asked to go serve somewhere, and, well, that's, that's a huge decision. But are we not as Christians planning to serve the Lord somewhere, in some place? Or maybe that's aside from our job. <clears throat> How do we look at it? How do we embrace the will of God in, in the matter here this evening? Working at Camp Andrews and Meadows of Hope, sometimes I have the distinct privilege of calling people and saying, we have an opening here. We have the privilege, an opening for someone to come and have the privilege of working here. And it gets, it gets uh, to be very interesting. I have learned along the way not to take no for an answer, especially if God prompts me to call them again. One, one situation recently stands out. Uh, there's a young lady that had an interest in working in a girls' ministry, so I called her up. I said, I hear you have interest in working in a girls' ministry. We have Meadows of Hope. Would you consider uh, coming and serving here? And her answer was, um, well, I don't know, sort of, but I'm not sure. Let me think and pray about this. And then later on, it was like, well, I don't know if I really am, and I can't come when you want me to anyhow. I said, well, why don't you just come? Just come, take a visit, see what's going on here, see if God lays it on your heart. So she agreed to come, and uh, she lived out in another state, had uh, quite a drive, and early in the morning, I get a call, and she said, I just had a flat tire, I'll be a little late. Um, half an hour later, I got another call, and she said, my car broke down, and I can't come. She said, maybe, maybe God doesn't want me to come and visit Meadows of Hope. And uh, I, I just wasn't about to take no for an answer, so I said, well, maybe Satan doesn't want you to come visit Meadows of Hope. Maybe she should still come. And uh, so we tried again a few weeks later, and she came. Today, she is working at Meadows of Hope. She's excited to be there. I would say that she feels God has called her. So how do, how do we discern, in, in the first place, God's will in the matter? How do we know? Is God wanting us to, or is God not wanting us to? And after we discern, how do we embrace it? I've come to the conclusion that God calls different people in different ways. And it's never in a predictable way or not in the way we think he should. But he calls us according to what we need ourselves. Some of us need God to, just to make it really clear, right? Some of us need <clears throat> to just trust God and pray. Through all of it, I believe God calls each one of us to himself. It's not about us just serving in the ministry. It's about God calling us to himself. 
When you read the story of Jonah, very interesting story, out of the four chapters, only seven are actually devoted to Jonah, Jonah's ministry. The rest is devoted to God trying to work it out with him, right? Um, even after he completed what God wanted him to do, God still had lessons for Jonah to learn. So discerning the will of God in a matter, sometimes it's more about working with us, isn't it? And not as much about what God is calling us to do. <clears throat> Turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> There's a few verses in Matthew chapter 4 that I believe explain simply and clearly what it's like to be called and to accept God's will. And these are verses I believe we quickly read, we skim over, and we just move on. I'd like to read in uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 18. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. And a ship was Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship, their father, and followed him. So here Jesus is walking along. He's picking out people that are already busy, right? I think there's a few parallels here for us tonight that we can learn. They're, they're from, <clears throat> these brothers are from poor families. Uh, maybe the people from that region were a bit rough around the edges. But he went to that region and he called these brothers. They were busy diligent, they were fixing things, and they were meeting needs. So why didn't God, why didn't Jesus let them go and go find someone that was unemployed and needed a job? I'm not sure that God calls people that are just looking for something to do. He calls people that are already busy, that are already in it deep. So we made this choice to follow God years ago. And we made this choice many times since. And what does this mean for us today? This is just another choice to be available, to be in the lot. The first, the first thing I, I get out of this passage, there's three things. The first thing is making the choice to follow God is a daily choice. So being human, when God calls us, we have to make the choice to follow. We don't know the future. The future is in his hands. But he calls us and we follow. And this happens time and time again throughout life. And this is just another choice. Another calling. God's will is mysterious and its fullness is far beyond our comprehension. We have no idea why sometimes God does what he does. But God doesn't ask us to do impossible things. He asks us to do possible things. And with it, he makes a way forward for us. <clears throat> some of these moments, making the choice to follow God, are some of life's biggest moments. And the small choices make a difference when it comes to a choice and a calling 
like we're looking at this week. The second point is making a choice to follow God brings action. If you read these verses, Jesus walked up, he called them, and they came right away. There was no lot. They were just called. Now, if God would walk in here and call you, maybe you'd just come too. I'm not sure. But there was an abrupt change in their future. According to Scripture, I think they would have known who Jesus was, maybe met him before, but Jesus walking up to them and calling them and them going right away, that, that's pretty significant. I, I admire them for that. We tend to count the cost. I think we heard a bit in devotions about that. We tend to want to negotiate and figure out what all's involved. But when God calls us, do we just follow? We hesitate. We find reasons why we can't serve. We find reasons and ways to avoid making the choice to follow. And sometimes we pray about things when God's calling us, and we say, well, we're not sure God wants us to do this. How do we know? When God calls us, we need to follow. Making the choice to follow God brings actions. Point number three, making the choice to follow God brings change. You've made that choice. Most of us here have, and it's brought change to our lives, right? Good change. Um, it's a blessing to follow God when he calls us. But it takes sacrifice, too. And for the four brothers that were called, it meant change. It meant immediate change. It didn't only mean change for them, but I can imagine that Zebedee, was left alone to mend the nets by himself, right? His sons were all of a sudden gone. So we don't hear about how this affected him, but what about their mothers? What really happened after they left? The story follows the sons as they go on with Jesus. But we know it was change. There were a lot of things that changed for people that day when they, they decided to follow Jesus. What about the people that depended on, on their fish for the market, for their food? They were no longer there to feed those people. There are losses and gains when there's change. And we, as people, tend to not enjoy change, do we? It's nice if things stay the same, stay predictable, so we can order our lives. And when Jesus stops in and calls us to something different, it can look overwhelming. Things will change and we don't know the future. I know the men that are in the lot in the next few days will experience change. It's hard to go through the lot and not be affected. And it's a good thing. Although I don't uh, necessarily myself personally relish the thought of being in the lot again. But it's okay. It's a time of soul searching of reaching out to God, of surrendering, and going through surrender. You as a congregation will ex uh, experience a change in leadership going forward, and that will affect each one of you. And the person and his family who has been called will be busy with the work of the church. When we were called to the ministry, someone took our place cleaning church and on some other committees. Someone took my place teaching Sunday school. Someone had to fill in, right? 
because I was focusing on other things. Things get reshuffled. And for the ministry team, you know, embracing God's will in this matter, this is, this is a change for you too. Uh, another man will join your ministry and the dynamics of the team will change. As I look back at my own journey of embracing God's will, I'll just call it a journey. It is. You walk through it and you take a day at a time. Sometimes we embrace God's will and, and years later we, we look back and we wonder what it would be like to not be ordained. And maybe we think it would be nice or easier and maybe it would be. <clears throat> but there's blessings too in serving the Lord in where he has called you. I remember the first time that uh, we were in the lot, I was open to the idea, okay with it somewhat, but we weren't ordained, and I was just okay with that afterward. Uh, I had been teaching Sunday school class for several years at that point. Um, it was 11 to 14-year-olds, and uh, we had a good time in Sunday school class, and I'd gone on a trip with them weekends sometimes, I take the boys up to the Baltigo Boys Camp, and we we live at a campsite, and 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 they just loved it. So they were very relieved. I wasn't ordained. They thought they were going to lose a Sunday school teacher. But so after the ordination, I, I clearly remember talking to Joanna and saying, you know, I just feel called to teach Sunday school, and and it just renewed my vision for what I was doing in in uh, that regards and in serving the church that way and following the call of God. And so for me being in the lot and going through that and not being ordained, it was a really good thing for me to, it felt like God was saying, this is where I want you, and I have something for you here. Those relationships in Sunday school class, years down the road, 10 years later, it's interesting, but those relationships go on with young people who are, some of them are married now, and uh, just, just a real blessing to continue on with those relationships. God doesn't waste those situations. And I believe as a congregation, as you embrace the will of God tonight and what he has for you, I think there's things in it for all of us to learn. The second ordination I was a part of um, that was to replace our deacon, Daniel Lapp. He had been there for 24 years. And as the ordination came up, I uh, had a problem with being available. And I struggled with it, um, prayed about it, and finally um, I called Alvin Stolzfus, our bishop, and I said, Alvin, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's here tonight. Uh, I said, Alvin, I'm just struggling with this, and I'm not sure what to say, but I don't think I should be eligible. I am not Daniel Lapp. I don't have his gifts, I don't have his talents, and I don't think, I don't know if people know me well enough in church to know that I would not make a good deacon. And I'm afraid I'm going to be in the lot, and worse yet, I'm going to be ordained. And uh, so I had a conversation with him, and another conversation, and he heard me out. Um, I told him exactly how I felt about it. It was a little presumptuous, I guess, to give him a call, but I figured I might want to talk now instead of waiting and talking when it's too late. 
And so we had a few conversations, and Alvin, he heard me out, and then he just encouraged me. He said, Marcus, I think you should just be available. Um, I still struggled for a while, to be honest. Got up to the ordination, and we ended up being in the lot. I remember after a meeting with the ministry team, I felt that, you know what, this is in God's hands. I'm going to be okay with the outcome. And I remember the rest of the weekend, I just enjoyed the weekend. Joanne and I, we just had peace and uh, had a good weekend. We actually forgot we were in the lot a time or two. And um, very relaxing, very restful. And on Sunday evening, we ended up being ordained. Today, looking back, if I were to, to pick if I, what role in the ministry I would want to play, I would say deacon. And I just love it. You just get a front row seat into what God is doing in people's lives, and it's such a blessing. So it's a little easier to embrace God's will now that he's made it clear to me. But the struggle that came beforehand, the months beforehand, that helped me, I believe, to embrace what God had for us. God is not going to waste these situations that he brings into our lives, no matter how they turn out. He never wastes a situation. Even situations that we consider pretty bad. When we read Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And it doesn't say good things, but it says all things. That can mean bad things, right? What we consider to be bad things. That can mean negative things. God works them out according for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Here's something to teach everyone, and this ordination is not just about who will be called to the ministry. In the middle of you as a congregation searching for his plan, his will, accepting his will, I believe he's calling you personally and speaking into your life also about what ministry in the church he wants you to be part of. He may just give you a renewed vision for the church. So God bless you as a church as you are about to have an experience that will impact each one of you. And we will pray that you can embrace God's will in the matter and what he has planned for you as a church. And may God just use this time to speak into your hearts and lives and bless you as a church and bring you closer together as you go forward with this. Let's stand for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the church here at Weavertown, for each member. Thank you for all those here who have answered the call to serve you and to follow and have embraced your will for their lives. And we pray, Father, that as we go through with the ordination, that we could continue to embrace your will, follow your leading, and accept the outcome, Father. Be with us, and we pray that your presence would be here, and your will would be done. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.